Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar, episode 61. I still need the soundboard. I haven't got it yet. But uh, today we're sitting down with uh, Big Mike for the third time. This is number three? Three, episode 61. 61 plus three is 64. Divided by two. Okay. 32. Okay. 32 shots. Twin Glocks. Okay. I see where you're going with that. I was gonna. I would have kept it real simple, like sixty-one episode sixty-one. Six plus one is seven. Seven is a number of completion. I would have probably kept it real simple. Like you know that. what else seven is? What is that? Seventh heaven. When I see the happy faces smiling back at me. I see from the old TV show. Seventh heaven. Hey, do you think that we should start this over and you switch this chair out? Nah, dude. This okay. is real life, dog. The- but here's the thing this chair was doing that and i just switched it for that one and now it doesn't do it anymore nah we're good okay i'm living life on the edge bro i'm about to jump off a two-story balcony later on tonight when the boys come home all right so frank wants to jump from the loft (laughs) area where you can look down into the living room he wants to jump off of that onto the couch sectional couch like, what are you, like Johnny Knoxville? Like, what is the purpose? I just that? don't think it's that big of a deal. It's, what, 12 feet maybe? Uh, that's more like like 16 to 20. Oh, shit. But here's the thing. That right? just sounds bad. If it's not that big of a deal, then why do you need to jump from the lot? I don't need to do anything, bro. Pretty much the only thing I have to do is just eat food and drink water. You, you need air. You have to breathe. Air. I have to... <sighs> It's true. But I breathe without even thinking about it. So I kind of check that one off of shit that I have to do throughout the day. Because it's unconscious? Yeah, it's just, it's there. But I think that would add to it. That would be what we would remember from this Eibach trip. What? Would be the time that I flew off of a 16-foot balcony. I just, I don't really see the importance of that. Probably not going to do it. I mean, I feel like I feel like there's a lot of conversation about it. I feel like you really want to do it. Okay, so I'll ask Hegner, and if he thinks I should do it, then I'll do it because he's the dad of the trip. He'll probably he'll probably give you twenty bucks too if you do it. Hey, there we go. Take that to Georgianos. Hopefully, we make it tonight. I'm putting it in the air. Giordano's. Giordano's. Whatever. I think that's Giordano's. Probably, I think we'll end up there for dinner. Sounds if good. You t- man. If you if you plant that seed in Ryan. Uh, pause from when he gets home <laughs> he'll probably say let's go but uh, like i was telling you earlier um uh, me and big mike we went to uh cracker Barrel earlier today and that's right by the uh what is it giordano's 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 yeah. and uh it just reminded me that the three times that we've been out here for the eibach meet that i've never been you guys end up going like the night before that's odd yeah this is our third year in florida for the eibach meet and Hell that's yeah. right you have never made it with us i mean Look, it's Chicago pizza. The ideal place to have it would be in Chicago. But it's the, you know, it's the official joint that pretty much everyone says is the the place to get Chicago pizza. Yeah. So maybe tonight, Playboy. Let's do it. Let's do it. Even Ash got that one up on me. She went to uh Chicago with her homegirls for a trip and she said oh, it was yeah. fire. She liked it? Do you remember yeah. what like uh what toppings or No. Well, it's not really toppings when it's inside of the pizza. What are they like? Innings? It's a cake. I don't know. I don't know what they are. Whatever. Anyways, guys, we're out here in Orlando. This is uh, for the Eibach meet. Uh, This is the third year in a row that we've been out here. And it's uh, 
It's been a really good experience, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's really dope out here. Uh, it seems like the quality of cars is picking up ridiculously. Um, that could be because it's the Eibach meet and because of well, what the Eibach meet represents. Yeah, that uh, that reputation carries. I mean, it's... um, Oh, it's... Uh, Sorry, guys, I have... Some, Go ahead, bro. This is real life. I have some physical pains. <laughs> I have some personal injuries I have to deal with. Um, but uh, the the quality, I think, is there. I mean, obviously, in different areas, such as Southern California, there's going to be a higher volume of this upper echelon kind of car. But, you know, that was actually a, a very big question that I was asked by various media outlets in the, in the times I've been over to London for MIMS Honda Day. Any place you go, whether it be a different state or country, that's the first thing that people wonder and ask is, how does this compare to SoCal? Yeah. I mean, that everyone, that is like the hub. That is the bar settings uh, center of it all to pretty much everyone. Obviously, we're out here on the completely on the other side of the country, and um, there are fantastic cars. Like, there was a handful of ones that easily would park next to some of the best of the best and hold their own and just look fantastic lined up. Um, but I mean, the Eibach meet is, is kind of this anomalous cult following type uh, event where there are people who bring out a car only once a year and it's only to the Eibach. Yeah. And I used to think that was only in Cali, but it's apparently how it goes in different places. One or two times a year, we met people that have brought out a car that's been in the garage for the last year and a half straight. And they're like, I just love and having it, but I wanted to bring it, and not just bring it, but drive it, yeah, like across a whole state to the Iwak meet. So it's really dope, man. I mean, the the South uh, region of the U.S. has some fire cars. I mean, we're all the way on the East Coast and Southern, you know, most portion of the U.S. But uh, uh, it's dope, man. It was really dope. People came from far. Yeah, dude. It was uh, it was a really good show, man. I think uh, I enjoyed this trip the most. Um, I enjoyed the event the mm -hmm. most because it seemed like it was more about uh, talking to people, checking out cars, you know, sharing stories, and yeah. just and just they give a lot of love out here. Yeah, that's actually one of the things that I noticed the most. It, you know, you know, the first thing you said was the quality is getting better. I don't. I try not to even look at that sometimes because I'm too focused on the vibe. Yeah, it was a good vibe. Oh, Very yeah. good vibe. The, the Florida cats, whether they be from Orlando or Kissimmee or or, or Longwood or, or Tampa Winter Springs, Tampa, Brandon, Ocala, like wherever they came out from here. But then obviously they came up from Pensacola, from. Uh, Miami, you know, just from various places. And then there's dudes who came down from MDVA, DC, Jersey, New York, then Atlanta, Virginia, you it's know, like the whole East Coast. Yeah, people, people, you know, maybe, maybe just one, but or two or five or 10. But, uh, you know, there are people who came and represented a lot of different states. And uh, the love is crazy. Um, I mean, people, uh, you know, they, they, they have no hesitation like in, in in california especially you've kind of got those people who uh they're fans or 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 forget the word fan they, they appreciate what you do yeah and then but they like they don't want to be considered fan boys yeah so they'll like want to give you a fist bump but they don't want to slap hands with you or they'll give you like the urban let me come in and give you like the elbow hug but they don't want to just hug you here in florida they'll hug you yeah they don't it's not even a thing you know they'll have and, you sign it 
Oh yeah, like do, sign, sign it all. Sign my 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 phone. Here's a magazine. Can you sign like the pin? I bought a pin of your prelude. Can you sign my my Mugan or Spoon umbrella? And they some dude left the meat and he said it took them thirty minutes to find a place that had it and they went and bought a white paint pen. Really? Because the, the surface a sharp, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. black. So they like the black sharpie when they you know it does like that purple look when you do it. And they were like, we didn't want that. So they went. They left the meat. And came back almost 30 minutes later, and they were like, we figured it would be closer. But they bought this white paint pen, and they asked me to sign, like, multiple things, including one of your um, your acrylic joints. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw right? it. The, the yeah. Downstar acrylic case against the, the wood. The ECU cover. Yeah, exactly. So, But he had it mounted on, like, wood, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so that's what he had me sign. And I was like, you know, that kind of stuff, man, I don't care. Dude, I've been in, I've been in this industry 20 years, and that does not ever... Uh, get like it doesn't ever shock me any less it's yeah it's humbling man every single time it trips me out every single time that somebody wants that so uh, i just embrace the moment and that person and i'm appreciative hell even if i don't understand what they why they want it i got you uh, whatever you want the dude was like yo can you do this i said uh yeah it would be my honor and so i just signed it. i signed a baby bro Oh, like on the forehead? No, it was on the thigh. Because you know how babies had like fat ass thighs? They had shorts on. The baby had shorts on. You so signed just... the baby on the thigh? Yeah. So I don't know if the baby's going to come back next year with a tat or something like that with my signature. But I made sure that it was not smudged or anything. Um, Like little babies. Little babies are adorable, man. That's what I'm saying. That's why I, it's honor. Little babies are adorable. It's an honor, dude. Like how old was the baby? I think it was in the months. Oh, so but it could have it could have been 24, 26. You know how people when they have babies. Okay, but you know damn say, well if it was a 24 month old. I don't know. Was man. it like a little tiny chubby one that you could hold like this? No, he asked me himself. So I don't know. I don't I, I'm not around babies that did you, much. Did you sign an adult's thigh? Is that what happened? Is that what you just wanted to make it? Sound? I just grabbed Did a that grown photo. man come over and say, hey, I'm wearing shorts and lift up the he leg? Had a soft voice. I see. I see. So mm. somehow that turned into I signed a baby's thigh, but that baby walked up to him himself and was like, hey, bro, could you sign my thigh? <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, it's humbling, bro. It's very, very humbling. You know, just to get that kind of love. And, and I'm glad that you brought that up about SoCal because that's something that fucking bugs me, man. That shit really bothers me that when I go to Ibach meet, quote unquote, the homecoming meet, the one that I started at, I don't get that much love. But I know that we get love out there because every fucking car has Downstar on it. And I'm like, dog, if, if you got love for me, at least just come up, say what's up or let's, let's have a chat because at the end of the day. I'm a person. I got a couple of uh, uh of analyses that might explain that. Let's do it. Um, and I mean, you know, I don't know if they're correct. It's not about. It's just a perspective slash an opinion. But I think that uh, whether it be with you or with this athletic brand or this urban streetwear brand, any of that kind of stuff, right? I think what that may be is is they're the people who see that it's popular. So you've made it popular over X amount of years, and it, they see their or some of their favorite builds with it, right? And so there's that part of their psyche and there's that part of their mindset that says that's part of what they think a complete, let's say, engine bay looks yeah, like, yeah, yeah. right? You follow me here, right? Yeah. So it, it, it's, that's what I am going to utilize to make my valve cover or, or, or bay look like X, Y, and Zs who I think are, are, are really well done. And so I'm going to rock it, but maybe they don't like 
the the branding that you do. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't like the way you advertise. Maybe they don't like the stuff you post on Instagram. This is a guess. Yeah. And so they're like, I like the product and I don't like the person. Or I like the person, but I don't really care about the product. Because there are people who come up and kick it with you, yeah. but they've never bought anything. So Which I appreciate that still. But see, so that's kind of like what my guess is, is that it works both ways. There are people who are like, they don't particularly uh, factor in the, the, the hardware as something that they, at least yet in their build, they've gotten. But they'll be super cool to you, right? And then there are people who aren't really cool to you, but then they buy your product. And yeah. so it's interesting, right? But that's what I think it is. Maybe they just like the way it is, what you do, uh, and what it is that you do, but maybe they just don't particularly want to like be associated. I mean, it could be that, but going to all these shows across the world yeah. and talking to all these people and getting love all around, and then still even getting... you, I still get love from California yeah. and SoCal in my DMs, comments, comments and things like that, but... It's it you don't get it's it's kind of like they say you don't get the same love in your hometown that you do somewhere else. I th- I think that that's a thing. Like uh, I used to never really understand what people meant when they said that uh, L A is too Hollywood. Yeah, or like L- uh, uh, Cali or SoCal, SoCal yeah, is, yeah. is too Hollywood. I used to never really understand that, but as as I started traveling, as you as you expose yourself to other areas and and environments and cultures and behaviors. Um, you you start to get you you can allow yourself to start to get a feel, and uh, I started to get it. Um, there is a certain uh, manner that people act with, and, and and a certain demeanor that people carry themselves with, and um, and the idea that everybody thinks they're a somebody, it has made a lot of sense because um, you have people who who. And, and it's not a dig. This is the problem with people now. They're too sensitive, right? The, the first thing that someone's going to do when they hear a statement like what I'm about to say is they get offended, yeah. right? And it's not meant to be offensive. It's not even about you. People are like, who does that person think they are to make that statement? Well, what I'm about to say is, is like, if you haven't accomplished something yet, why would or should the people around you treat you like you're a somebody? I'm not talking about you being a human being and having equal rights as a as a living, breathing creature. That's what people do. They immediately go from that to like, I'm a human. You're supposed to respect all humans. Of course you are. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about in the context of a certain culture. If you're a skateboarder and you have never won a competition, do you have the right to go to other champions, Olympians or whatever, and just be like, you guys should respect me? No, you don't. Yeah, but then why is that so hard to understand when it comes to cars, right? You got, and it's not just younger people. But if you're a new person who's in it six months, a year, two, five years is even new in the in the in the. It's a marathon. Yeah, right. And and if you got somebody who hasn't, um, I don't know, a podiumed at a track day, if that's what their steez is, right? If their steez is time attack and they're out there trying to go at it, and then within their financial means race as many uh, you know events and and open track days and weekends as they can, and they haven't podiumed, um, should they should they be treated like the dudes who have won first, second, or third place uh, season after season? No, yeah. no. The res- you can be respected as a racer, yeah, but to be treated the same as the people who are winning. In the context of a competition is a silly idea, but that's what happens. You got people who haven't done anything and they're out there knocking the people who have or are currently doing things. And it's a very interesting thing for me to witness because it's like, why or how is it that you feel the need to to be viewed the same way as that person 
And how do you not understand that that person has a reputation or, or years into it and it took time for them to get there? Why should it not take time for you to get there? Yeah. I don't get it. Because it, it, you, should have, uh, you should hold people to those kind of standards because if that's where you want to get to and you put in all this work, like that's a goal that you're going towards. That's right. something that you want to accomplish. And if you just expect to be, be treated the same way. Right. Because you have this is just bringing it as dumb as like followers. You sure. have certain followers sure. or when you post something, people will share it or whatever. Like that's cool and all, bro, but like it's not the same. And if you want to put in that work, dude, I I respect it and I love it and I wanna see you put that work in. But yeah. I I can't give you the same kind of respect in it. And it kind of comes down to like, look, if you're starting your business and you're uh, you're on your hustle. That's dope, man. I want to see you do it, but just please don't compare yourself to anybody else that has that has a vendor space across the country mm-hmm. or is is making those type of moves. Because for one, you can do that. Sure, you have you have the freedom to do that. Maybe you don't have the ability, but you're just working it up to it. And it just takes time, man. You have to build up it, to it. It just all takes time, man. If it was a snap of a finger. And we could all be on the same level. That'd be great. But that's just not how the real world works. It takes time. It takes effort. Some people have more money and they have less determination or less strategy. And some people have all the ideas in the world and they don't have the means. That's why it takes a team. It's not one person. You can listen to all the entrepreneurs you want, man, but nobody did it by themselves. I mean, nobody did it by themselves. You may not have had a whole squad, but in the beginning, man, you can have all the passion you want but if you don't have someone or or if you don't evolve into the type of person who knows where to place that it's a swarming world of positive energy that's going nowhere yeah it doesn't have an outlet you haven't given yourself a means to channel that you can have all the energy if you have all the energy in the world and you don't know what to do with it you're just going to be in one place jumping up and down and what are you accomplishing unless of course you're trying to accomplish like the Guinness Book of World Records for jumping up and down in the same place the most times in a row. Imagine that. There's yeah. a dude that has that record. Of course there is. What were you doing? Why What? Why was your life so boring that you're just like, dude, I can't wait to get... I want uh, to have the record for the most, the most push-ups in a row. And so some dude trained every day for like, I don't know how long. And it's like in the thousands. Do you know that? Wow. That many in a row? Thousands? Bro, in a row. Oh my god! How long did that take? I don't know. That's I don't. Ridiculous. I don't know dude. him. I just read it. You just read it. But it hopefully things change. You know, um, I I love getting getting that kind of love from from quote unquote the home base. Sure. You know, sure. When, when you go to a meet, I love to walk around, talk to people, check out their cars, and and you know, um, just hear their story and hear where they're coming from. And it could very well like. In the past, I know that I didn't represent myself. Uh, that would be, that would be acceptable. Yeah. By a lot of people, there's sure. a lot of things that I did, but it's all growing pains. Correct. Dude. It's just like, I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get into cars so I could start a business. I started a business because I was into cars, and I'm just like, well, this is my hobby. Maybe I could, you know, make some money off of it. And making the money off of it kind of just turned into this is my career sure. now and dude, that should be the dream for everybody dude like yeah. how could you even look down upon that 
I mean, there are people who will look down on anything, man. You can find people who will find fault in any charitable organization. You can find people who will find fault in someone who does something good. I mean, that's people, man. Whether it be jealousy, whatever the hell, I don't, whatever, man. Yeah. There's always going to be people who are going to take uh, a, a person's uh, words, actions, their company, a quote whatever and they're going to turn it into something bad so you just have to do what you have to do man i mean it is what it is i mean you take something like if somebody if somebody said oh yeah man so you want to take this little parking lot gathering of like 30 dudes if from uh, a small town in the inland empire in southern california and and you want to turn that into a a, a, a united states event that's stupid right? <laughs> yeah Right? Yeah. I mean, it's 30 of you guys with, with some of the greatest cars around in this area, maybe uh, surrounding states or something. But wait, I'm sorry. You want to you wanna turn this into a, a something? And I think that that's kind of a, a funny story about it because the Eibach meet, like Ryan, he didn't want to turn it into anything. It was just a gathering of guys. And it just turned into a couple word of mouth. And it, and it was just like... Okay, well, oh man, that person brought that out, or man, I haven't seen those guys' cars in one place since whatever. You yeah, know? Uh, I want to go, and then they go, and it just grows, 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 and fifteen years later, fifteen years, man, that's grinding. Fifteen years later, we are sitting in Orlando. Well, we actually uh, in the suburbs outside of Orlando, but Florida, across the United States. This is the first stop that Ryan ended up picking for the Eibach meet, third year in a row. This is the first one outside of Cali. Here we are across the U.S. Next week is the mega. Yep. Right? The mega Eibach meet, the Southern California one, 15-year anniversary meet. Uh, I mean, it's... It's just crazy, dude, because he didn't want to turn it into anything. It grew to a point where it was just like, ah, oh, we don't, we, the city of Corona will now no longer allow us to have it at Ibach yeah. or even in this city. So we got to go to the stadium. That stadium is now not really big enough. So let's go over here. And then now we've settled at the Auto Club Speedway indefinitely, you know? So when this uh, when this episode comes out, it'll come out the Monday after Ibox. SoCal. Yeah. So I hopefully uh, this energy that we're putting in the air, maybe we go over there and uh, have a lot of good conversations. And that's really all I want, man, because I know that we get love there. I, I see the cars. I see the support. I see where the actual orders go to. Yeah. And I know we get love out here, but it's just... I think it's just um, that people don't feel feel comfortable being vulnerable like that. You mean when they put their pride aside and say come to another grown man, for example? And Definitely. Like, I see. And I think that it, it it's in my responsibility to when I have those situations happen to make those people feel comfortable um, being, being vulnerable. So I, I like to put... Um, I like to uh, be an open book on social media, especially for the last maybe six months or so. Okay. I, I've kind of uh, changed the way that, that I represented myself on, on social media because I realized that there's a lot of lot more people watching what I do rather than the people that were vocal about it. Sure. So when I started sure. focusing on, on the podcast, when I started opening up a little more and telling about my um, – 
my insecurities, my issues that I've gone through, you know, facing things head on and uh, addressing those kind of things. I, I, I've actually seen a lot more people be vulnerable and uh, talk to me about things that they feel. And I love that, man, because that's that's kind of a bigger value to me than just selling parts. Yeah, I mean, that's because you care about the relationship, um, the human factor. Um, and that's important, you know, um, the, uh, the interaction you have with the consumer yeah, is important. And I mean, that's cool, man. And I respect that, uh, you know, the, um, the, the way that you as a human being behave and how that translates to the way you do business, it says something for where the company started and where it is, right? You, you know, you, you do like a throwback photo and you have like three orders. Yeah. Right? And, and I would say grinding. <laughs> yeah. And that was the grind back and, then. And then there'll be a day where there's like, you know, 300. Yeah. Right? So so there you go, man. I mean, uh, there are people like you and other businesses who have this this determination, as I like to, to call it. I call it drive. Yeah. You have a drive. You are driven, you know, synonyms would be perseverance, determination, right? But it's kind of like that whole passion, drive, focus thing I push for the Think Bigger project. The drive part, you are driven to succeed. You are um, focused on, that's like the third part of it all. But the point being is that that's, you, you have focused. Your eyes are on the prize and you want that and you're going to grind to get it. Then there are other people who, um, they sort of just let, uh, let let it be what it is and, and it, it either grows or doesn't mm -hmm. organically and if you're going to take that route you can't you can't um uh, compare yourself to the to the people who have a, a little bit more strategic plan you know so it, it's just different you know if you're going to let it be organic by definition that's going to grow at a different rate which usually means slower yeah profoundly slower and if the the consumers the the ROI the, the, the net and gross profit margins and all of these types of business terminology, if that's the focus, uh, organic growth is not necessarily the smartest business model. There has to be a certain amount of, of strategy. But the fact that you have that kind of strategy and then you also still care about the human interaction, because you ask these megacorps, they don't know or care about the consumer. They, yeah. can they care about the numbers. The hundred and something thousand dollars a second. That's what they care about. <laughs> um, they don't have the time, nor do they need to care about if someone likes anything. Yeah. They just know that people are buying it. You provide someone with a consumable, like clothes, socks, uh, deodorant, toothpaste, oil, tires. Those are consumables, right? They have to keep buying them. And all you have to do is make sure that people just buy yours. Yeah. What does that have anything to do with them liking you? They just have to like the, the logo, right? Yeah. The colors, it's psychology, right? And uh, that's it. And so the fact that you enjoy the one-on-one -on -one interactions you have, uh, you know, like last year, for example, and, you know, other years, you had your booth with an eye shot of me in the in the DJ booth. Mm -hmm. So the eyebox, you know, booth was right there and I could see you. And, I, you know, I look over whenever I have the opportunity to be on that end because that's what the auto fashion end. And I would just see, you know, people people person after person uh coming through the booth and it's it's awesome man to see that you know no oh, i love it dude 
I love it. And uh, the tide's been changing, man, especially, like I say, locally. I mean, as local as it gets, even in, in my city, okay. in Oxnard, Ventura area, sometimes I'll see cars with Downstar stickers, and I, I don't know who the owners sure. of the cars are. Sure. Maybe um, one week we'll just have some... Uh, say four or five people come in buy a banner or something and i appreciate them coming in but i don't know what they drive i don't know where this this product is going to go and then i'm just driving around and i see a car with it on you're talking about people who came in and they didn't even buy hardware they bought a banner yeah see that's the part that's the part that's pretty fascinating to see you know um there you go man i mean you uh you're you've worked for it you're working for it and uh, you being across the country at an IBOC meet, that's a personal uh, investment of time and money. Uh, it's not like, you know, you just have no expenses and no bills. Yeah. It's like, come on over as if it's down the street. I mean, you have to plan this, you know, with your, your life and your wife and, and expend a certain amount of money to, to be here. And uh, you do it for the, the, the connection, right, and the culture. So... That kind of effort, if it's not being matched, like we were talking about earlier, if another person doesn't put that same amount of effort in, how, like, what kind of, what kind of self-centered, idiotic perspective is it to say, well, how come I don't have that? Yeah. Well, then, did you get up and come over here or there or whatever? So you know what I'm saying? Like, it happens, man. That's like we were talking about earlier today. the The world of social media and the internet is is the most massive double-edged sword i've ever witnessed in my life because it's so useful it connects the world you can communicate with people across the globe in a matter of milliseconds and talk to them like they're right next to you forget in the context of business socially you know you got you know back in the day man when when a, when a young man was at war they had to write a letter in between being shelled or shot at, right? And then they would have to give it to a, a guy whose responsibility was to get out of that zone alive with the new with with the mail. Yeah. In to, to provide news and information to loved ones and, and he would have to make it out, get it to the base. They gotta fly it out of that country. It's gonna land over here, be distributed to wives and girlfriends and loved ones and mothers and fathers, and then they gotta read it right back mail it back and it's got to do the reverse process and now like somebody can be out of the zone they they did their tour their duty for that day at least they get to go back to a base where they have technology where they can just get on a computer quick and, and and use the computer camera to call their wife and see their baby so you have things like that which are just i mean no one would want to give that technology up and then at the same time you have this world of Twitter and Instagram and Facebook news and and just nonsense, man. And it's just people at a desk somewhere on a phone somewhere who would never act the way they act and they would never say the things that they type out and they do it to tear down people and companies and lie through their teeth all day long. Yep. And it's just so some people like this is the reason why I think there is this unstated kind of like deep respect for something like the Eibach meet because it was never strategic. It was never conniving. It was organic and it grew out of, of its own accord. And it just became this anomaly in the Honda community. Nobody's acting a fool. There's no limbo contest. Um, there's no there's no nonsense. You know, there's just none of that. Um, there's always people who act a certain kind of way, but it's just this minimalized kind of thing. It's just a gathering. And some people would find that to be uh, maybe boring. 
but it's not there for for entertainment it's as i say it i mean i'm the host of it and and as the way i say it and and you know ryan who started it and you know rodres and and the guys that are, are the foundation of it you know it's about cars community and camaraderie right you know and that's that's what it is it's not about how loud a car can be per se um it's a great place to just gather for honda enthusiasts and now that ryan has decided to to kind of play out this feeling of non-hondas right it, it has a potential to to grow the non-hondas that showed up were um pretty solid yeah man. they're pretty nice and obviously not that many that kind of word of mouth organic feel is is still where it is and it's just really cool man um that type of model that business model is is very similar to to what the think bigger projects model is it's extremely organic and and subsequently it's also going to be at least from a, a numerical standpoint slow yeah because there is no marketing there is no branding i mean i have homegirls and that are that whether they're not even import models i'm talking about real life full-blown models like fashion models with millions of instagram followers and they're flown all over the world to work with like massive brands like not urban i'm talking about like mac and l'oreal yeah you know like crazy stuff and if if i if i if if i gave them some stuff and said yo would you rep rep this on your instagram they would do it they wouldn't even charge me because they know me mm -hmm. and that would be every business dude i know is like i'm sorry why haven't you done that yeah and i'm just like because that's my friend but if you look at her page and this this, these squares of Instagram posts that would surround one or two or five of, of, hey, I'm wearing this. There's no continuity there. Their life is, is, has nothing to do with, with what that is. And it would be probably, in my opinion, just a pretty like blatant plug. Mm -hmm. And they may be doing it because they know me. There's no money exchange. It's not a business move. But it just doesn't make sense to me, yeah. right? And so I haven't done it. And that might be an idiotic thing to do. Or excuse me, not do, but I just won't do it, man. I mean, the word of mouth, it kind of thing is to me the greatest thing ever. And it's it's here, like we were just talking about, in, in Florida, man, whether they're from Florida or not, they do not care. They will show the craziest love. Dude, when I went to Indonesia, bro, it's not just in outside of California, outside of our country, man. In London, uh, Belgium, you got people who will come over and they have absolutely no disinclination to show love. They'll hug you. Can you hold my baby? Uh, Can you sign my baby? Um, even if they're they're walking and talking and have a deep voice. <laughs> um, uh, and, and people like you know. And I mean, I love kids. You know, I mean, I'm I'm a very uh, happy god parent and, and uncle and stuff. So like, I love kids. And so when someone's like, "Can you hold my baby?" and they try to hand me this like chubby little chunkster, and I'm just like. I'm, yeah, dude. So I, <laughs> give I, me a yeah, baby. Yeah, like I'm like, yeah. give me the cutie, dude. So I'm like holding this little chubby baby, and the baby looks at me, and I look at them, and I'm like, is this gonna go okay? And then they just like, you know, may, they may not necessarily giggle or smile, but they they just kind of like, you know, like the little fat babies. <laughs> they just kind of like when they were, when you realize they're comfortable. You guys, any parent, uh, anyone who's held a baby, you know, like you get a little a little baby, right? Babies are mad fat, bro. Not all of them. I've never like, met a skinny baby. I've only met like two. They're all just fat. But what I'm saying is, it's like when the baby, they, they look at you at first, right? And they're just like, I feel like you are. And in that moment, you're like, oh, no, they're either going to make the, you know, the face. Yeah. Or they're going to start crying or they, or they just 
and they just like sink into you and you're like oh the little fatness has like sunk into my arm <laughs> and that's you know they're like completely comfortable yeah and so that's what happens you're, they're just like and they're just like oh and you just hold them and then we take a picture and then sometimes they're like um um big mike can you have me can you hand me michael can, can you hand me my back? baby back? Yeah, can you <laughs> hand me back the baby and i'm like oh and i'm like all right and i give them back the baby man so you know that's that's that kind of stuff, man, honestly, it's just really dope to see people who, who um, like you said, someone comes into your spot and buys a banner but doesn't buy any hardware. Then you got people who will come over to the to the iBog booth and be like, yo, can I buy, um, I don't know, slap stickers, but I don't know, not a tee. And yeah. I'm like, sure, man. They're like, that's dope. Or can I buy a tee, but I don't want a sticker. And sometimes I'm just like, oh. <laughs> you sort of think that it's like normal yeah I mean, like no nah, some guys like i just want to wear this right dude a couple dudes took their their shirt off and switched into the joint really and i was like sweet that's kind of powerful man. it's dope man yeah it's so it's really dope it, it's really really sick man like to, to to go from in line i think year one maybe year one two and um might have been around three or four i can't remember maybe 15 years ago but i was totally in line for the first couple years just waiting like everyone else and i never showed up to ibok when that when they had the ibok meet when it was, you know, it was just massive lines i didn't i didn't do what other people did i didn't show up 10 hours early i would show up like you know an hour early mm -hmm. and then that's when you're like number 200 or 500 in line and i remember that and then it turns into um just, uh come in early to help them or to, to park early now it's like it's part of who I am. Yeah. To host it. Say who? I mean, I couldn't have known that was going to happen, bro. I was in line 15 years ago. Yeah. You know? So it's awesome, man. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It is dope, dude. And, and um, all, all of these relationships that we've built over the years, it's not just like these people were just like, hey, you're cool. Let's hang out. No, you had to actually put yourself out there. You had to be a part of the community and you had to be in that spot for people to recognize what kind of person you were. Yeah. Um, I actually was even talking about this last night with uh, Neil when we did the, the podcast from uh, Neil's Garage and he was telling me how it's crazy that he's sitting down here with me. And, and to me, I always think like, nah, dude, I'm just I'm an enthusiast just like you, bro. I'm just hanging out just like you. Like we're we're just we're fellow enthusiasts at the end of the day. Yeah. But I told them a story. I was like, you know what? I know what you mean, man, because it was back in two thousand eleven or ten. Okay. Back in two thousand it's possibly it was two thousand ten. Week fest two thousand ten when uh we headed out from that Denny's in Valencia. And you had... Uh, I remember. Uh, I remember that. I'm, I'm not sure the exact year. It could have been 2011. Maybe it was... No, ten, you're, you're definitely right. 10 or 11. 10 or 11. It was about then. So I do remember um, the Denny's in Valencia. Yeah. So uh, back then, I, re I didn't know anybody in the Honda community, like, uh, quote unquote, the, the, the bigger names. Sure. I sure. just knew them from NWP, Honda Tech, or yeah. uh, Honda Tuning and shit like that, right? So... Uh, Guillermo from GPR, that was really my only connect because he he knew a lot of the guys from the Valley. Actually, I'm not even sure how he knew them, but... I'm he, not sure how he did either. He was in like some with, of the Filipino dudes. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. With the, with the Valley guys. So when I started coming up 
No, I was going to say, was Guillermo dipping that IS? Yes, one? yes, yeah, yes. That was when he had the IS, right? I, I don't know if it was the time that it had the giraffe shit on it. I think it was before that. It was before, yes, it was I before so. that. Anyway, sorry. Okay. Sorry, that's just... I'm just trying to, to put the year, all the years cars. blend together. But either way, it was early 2010, 2011. Yeah, it was yeah. a long time ago. It We're was. in 2019 right now, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm, I'm from Oxnard. I build the right-hand drive, and uh, it catches the attention of Guillermo because he's like, who, who the fuck is this kid that has a right-hand drive Civic in Oxnard? In Oxnard. <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? And even yeah. back in the day, I didn't have it registered for like at least six months, mm -hmm. dude. So I was rocking the, the license plates with expired tags from my Chevelle registered in nevada yeah so nevada, that's a good way to get your car impounded so nevada plates that said 69 maui on them with expired tags i was like fuck it man i just finished building this car for the last four months i want to be driving it around well that time we went i i had my tags or whatever but so and anyways uh Guillermo's like, yo, you want to go to uh, Week Fest? We're going to go out here. So I'm like, yeah, sure, let's do it. He's like, okay, we're going to meet up with some of the guys from the Valley or whatever, some some of the Honda guys in Valencia. So I'm like, okay, cool. Me, Rudy, headed out with Guillermo from Oxnard to Valencia, maybe like a 45-minute drive. And when we get there, that's when you were there mm -hmm. with the uh, Prelude when it was the, uh, the, the mint color. Oh, I see. Okay. And that was when you trailered it. Yeah, I don't think I finished something in time or, yeah, something wasn't finished in time and everyone was like, bro, just bring it. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to bring it, man. Uh, I want to finish it. Yeah. But yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, two, uh, that's got to be two. Just keep thinking about no, the day while 10. I go. Two, it has to be 2010. I think it's 10, bro, because 11, I drove it up every other year after and before that. I drove it up. It had to be. Dude, that's crazy. 08, 09, I drove it up when it was the, the burgundy red wine color. Yeah. And then there's that one year. And then after that, I drove it up every other year for when uh, when it was the mega joint at Fort Mason, yeah. which was 12 um, or 11. 11. It was 11. That one was for sure 11. Then what you're, the story you're remembering is 2010. Okay, sweet. That's even longer. So uh, pull up to there and... Um, you're there it's like uh brandon i remember brandon uh auto life brandon was yeah, there yeah, yeah. um some some other guys that uh, uh, uh jeremy jeremy AK jeremy aka am7 jeremy yeah yep, he, yep. he had like uh and then there was who else was there was somebody with a corolla was there some yep. kind of so a matrix or something like that i think maybe even joey was there i don't think ryan was he's ryan's a norcal guy so he was already back out, then he out, was like, back then he was still up there yeah, yeah. so we park in the parking lot, and okay. you're there. All the other guys are there, and I really don't know anybody, so I'm kind of like me and Rudy are just doing our own thing and just observing and having the same feeling that these people are telling me, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm here. I can't oh, believe I'm going to bust this mission with these guys. And um, it, it's dope to know that from then, 2010, to now the friendship that uh, that we have built is like invaluable and, and it's something that that i cherish a lot and dude we've shared so many memories over even the last couple years dude. sure, sure. in two years it, it can blend into like a lifetime yeah you look back and you think even when we went to to mims it was what a year ago it's if a, that yeah. it hasn't even been a year and that seems like so long ago because we've had so many memories yeah after that and it's just dope to see that like 
the uh, the hard work and the dedication puts you in line with with the kind of people that you looked up to back in the day. And that was I like I always tell you this story. I remember we were in the hotel parking lot and um, the whole parking lot was full. And you're talking if you've ever if you've ever got a Honda tuning magazine and you flip through it, all those guys were there in that parking lot. Everybody who was anybody was there in that parking lot and their cars were there and I'm just walking around starstruck like, oh my God, I've never even seen this car in person and tripping out. And um, you had some kind of issue because it rained on the way over there. What year is this? Um, I'm pretty sure that this was the same year. Oh, the same year. The same okay, year. Okay, okay. Um, or it could have been, I don't know if you would have just left the car on the trailer. It could have been uh, the next year or it could have been the same, whatever. But I remember this specifically, that everybody's there in the parking lot, and it's getting dark, so everybody's getting ready to go inside and, and go to sleep or whatever, because we got to be up early for the show. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And you were doing something under your dash. Something was wrong with your ECU because okay. of the water. It had damaged the ECU or something. And I'm chilling. Me and Rudy are chilling right there, and there's a bunch of other people, and we're just bullshitting, and you're fixing the car. Yes. And then someone decides, like, all right, um, we're going inside. Yeah. And everybody leaves. Mm -hmm. And not even not even car shit. It's like like humanity shit to me. Like, I'm gonna leave this dude right here uh, on his knees trying to look under pause under the car or under the glove box, trying to plug some shit in, holding the light by himself, and it, it was just moist outside because it just rained. And it's one of my favorite words. How the fuck am I just gonna? How are we gonna walk away? So it's just me and Rudy were like, nah, we'll just kick it here because Mike's still out here, and, and that was like that was a memory that always stuck with me because it it made me think like, no matter how much how nice somebody's car is, no matter how how big or famous they are online or, or any of that shit, like common decency isn't isn't a, a universal thing with with fame and popularity. You know, that story, we've talked about that, you know, obviously uh, in, in just general social settings. Um so first of all, I think that was eleven. Yeah, that because, one might have been eleven because I drove it up there, and that's how water got in there. Yeah. Uh, for those of you guys uh, that may not really ever kind of think about it, but yeah, there was a time where I daily drove my Prelude, uh, and if I didn't daily drive it, when I did drive it, it would be you know nine hours one way to Week Fest in San Francisco or something. But um, that year, I believe. Uh, there was some water, like you said. Now, when you first remembered, when you like, uh -huh. when you reminisced and told me that story, uh, I I didn't remember. Remember? Yeah. I was like, wait, what? And then, obviously, now that you say it, it there's like like pockets of of that memory. But there's a few things that that kind of come from that story. One would be that, like you just said, in your perspective, in just the simple observation was that there is a person, forget that it's a person that's famous, forget that it's a person that you looked up to, it's just a person who's working on a car and if they don't fix it, the car won't run. Yeah. Or if and or you know, and if they do, good because we have a show in like six hours. Because it was like one in the morning probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were all late. gonna get up at like five thirty to roll in, right? 
So um, you just observed a person struggling with something, you know, minor or major or whatever, and and all of his friends, right? Yeah. Friends, all of these uh, popular uh, circle of famous Honda guys walk away and leave him, and you're like, oh, that doesn't, that's not. He's not. It's not. <laughs> He's fixed. not done, guys. Uh, like <laughs> even and, it's, and even if you don't help him, you could just like continue standing there, right? And you observe. By the way, I did not remember this at all when you first brought it up. But you guys, this is a perfect example. Um, he witnessed how uh, people, when it comes down to it, they were cold probably or tired, and so that was the deciding factor for them <laughs> to go inside. And the, their uh homie who's cold and tired and needs to get his car to start for an event in four and a half hours uh is is trying to work on it and and they decided it was time to go inside and he and rudy decided that they were just gonna wait and help and uh and it got fixed and i drove it into the event um so there you go it even back then it was a matter of I see this moment, and this is what this moment uh, means to me, and I'm going to do something with this moment. And in that moment, you did something kind. Was that the okay? Was that the year that I had a birthday? Party? I was just gonna say that I remember everything now. So the t the first time that we drove over there was uh, the time that you had the birthday party like the in the billiard place. Yes, where we took that big ass. There was like picture. forty people there. So right? when we were inside of there, I remember. And I was not even smoking back then, but I remember before we went to that dinner, I had smoked, and I'm just eating like Mar this marijuana, marijuana, okay. and I'm eating these rolls. And I don't know if you remember that place that we ate, but the rolls were fine. Billiard hall had bread it, rolls. Maybe, maybe it was a billiard. I remember us playing pool. But yeah, I remember us playing pool, but I remember that the food was pretty good. And at that time, I was probably hanging out with maybe like Sean Bradford yeah. or Chris Sullivan because I had known them from the year before, 2009. Yeah, shout going, out to Sean Bradford and yeah. CRS Photo. Chris the guys, Sullivan. bro, shout out to them, dude. We've had many adventures together. <laughs> and um, I remember that because those were the guys that I was sitting next to, the guys sure. that I was talking to. But I remember looking... now. Looking at that picture now is such a fucking trip, trip, bro. Oh my god, dude. You know, you know what, guys? That picture made it out online for a little bit, and I remember this. This is like eleven or twelve, probably now. No, right? this one is two thousand ten. Ten for sure. Okay, hundred percent. So, so nine years ago. Um, my memory of it is is, uh, um, I got. I remember like forty percent of that weekend, but I do remember this picture. There was a lot of us. Yeah. Maybe like. 25 30 people at least it was very hard to get in everybody picture. in the picture but throughout that evening there was probably about 40 plus people and that was like it's the cool guy crowd you know yeah. you have someone who's talking about how they're outside of the circle and they also witnessed that same circle apparently because like i said when he first told me the story i hadn't i couldn't remember um i remember the billiard hall and, and having a birthday party but you if you know for those of you that are outside of the state or outside of the circle or outside of whatever you you would have looked at this picture and been like those are all the dudes to this day if you look at that picture there's so many of those guys that you could point out now that have very successful businesses mm -hmm. and they're still pushing forward and frank as an outsider watched those people be about themselves in a single moment and in that same single moment he said well even if i can't necessarily do anything i could just be right here 
and they did and uh i mean that that you guys is like there's so many things you can take from that okay the obvious which should be right in front of you but then there's also i'm gonna get a little philosophical let's with do it, it is that in life there's gonna be situations man where uh you know there's a saying that says chance favors the prepared mind mm -hmm. okay just like if you go work out your biceps at the gym or you go do chest day every day's chest day you know mm -hmm. if you go work out your muscles uh they'll be if you ever have to 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 do a push-up to get up off the ground if you fall you'll be more ready right? or for guinness you're ready for guinness or for the guinness book of world records he's he brings up a good point but i mean like just the same thing with your mind if you don't prepare your mind for a situation why would you expect yourself to be able to think quickly or react appropriately whatever appropriately may be for you how can you do that if you didn't prepare yourself and if you're filling your mind with a bunch of stupid shit from the internet why would there be time or space for important things and that's it's not it's not a difficult thing to understand and so what i'm trying to explain is is like sometimes you have something like reaction and intuition and instinct that's going to cover it and then there are times which every one of us can think of uh, uh, many times where we're like i wish i said this i wish i did that and you know what of course you cannot uh be just on like like on it 100% of the time but you could definitely increase your odds right and mental agility right your intellectual spectrum your the, the the way that you think all of that is stuff that you can control okay i don't care what anyone says i don't care about your upbringing i don't care about how well you did in school i don't care if you dropped out of school that is not what we're not we're not talking about academic abilities okay we're talking about intellectual abilities instinctual abilities how intelligent you are isn't uh, you know if you have a master's degree or you dropped out and got a ged or didn't get a ged that is not what i'm talking about and so this is kind of like what I draw from that is, is that in a moment, that moment, you did what you thought was right. And it's just, it works out in this context because we can talk about it. But what, there's how many of them were there before that and after that, that have nothing to do with cars or me. Yeah. And you could say, I wish I did that differently. Mm -hmm. I wish I reacted differently. Definitely. Or I'm happy with how I reacted. Right. And so you guys, you know, it, it, it's like, it's not. Uh, it's not a game of chance. Life is not a game of chance. It isn't uh, It isn't like that because if you believe that it is a game of chance, then you also believe that you are a victim to your circumstances. What just happened right there? Memory card is full. That's the end of that. That's the end of the video. Oh, but we have audio. We have the audio, guys. So if you're uh, just watching on YouTube, make sure that you come to us. SoundCloud. Let's keep rocking, baby. I'm like at least 35 to 40 videos behind. So I don't know. I'm you just going to use... from emptying the card? No, from uploading them to YouTube. <laughs> so I don't think that these are ever even going to make it on YouTube. But I'm storing them away. I think we got a couple clips already that we can make for uh, okay. for Instagram. But let's keep rocking, baby. Okay, so audio-wise, um, the the idea of, of the, the way that you think, um, I think that it is something that's so oddly bypassed by people it, it people behave 
in a reactive fashion, right? Everything is a reaction to life. So somebody does something, someone does something, and you react. And that is, by definition, like we talked about this at dinner last night with uh, with Chris, mm-hmm. is that without you even realizing it, you are a victim to your circumstances. You are only able to do what you do because a reaction is based on something happening first. And if something or someone doing something first is what prompts you to react, you are literally one step behind at all times. Being proactive versus reactive is when you do something first and you subsequently make those or the world around you have to react. And that is something that you can read in a book, you can listen in a podcast, you can buy a shirt that says it, but none of that shit means a damn thing if you don't exercise it, if you don't apply it, okay? And that's these are some of the things that I talk about in my podcast. And forget podcast, man, that you, you live your life doing. Definitely. You know? And it doesn't sit well with people who don't get it. Yeah, and, and, and I bring up that story not because, like, back in the day, I wasn't as calculated as I am now sure. about the moves that I'm sure. going to make, sure. you know. Uh, it, was, it was more of the way that I was raised and more of the way how I would feel if somebody were to do that to me. Now, when I went to, uh, it, was, it was in the parking garage. When I got accepted to that event, um, Weekfest 2010, it was like such an honor. And then to be in that parking lot, to be in that drive, it was not just you who I looked up to. It was like all a, those a lot of people, yeah, everybody, yeah. all the big names in the Honda community were out there. But of course, when you get to meet people, uh, you get to see how they act, how they represent themselves. And, you know, I'm not holding this against anybody. This was what, like nine years ago, something sure. like that, whatever, nine years ago, everybody's changed. I've changed in the last year. You know, everybody's moving and evolving. Sure. But some people haven't. And um, well, some people change for the better. Some, some people change yeah, for the worse. Either way. But what I'm trying to say, it, it wasn't a move like, well, maybe if I chill right here, then Big Mike's going to be my friend. Sure, uh, yeah, sure, sure, <laughs> it was course. more of a thing like, yo, it's kind of fucked up. Don't you guys think that we're just going to leave? The-? And that was probably a conversation that me and Rudy had mm. because me and Rudy think a lot in the same way. That's why he's my best friend. It's just kind of like we were looking at each other like, yo, that's kind of crazy, bro. Everybody's just like going to leave Big Mike right here. Just, just be Underneath by his dash. Yeah. So he could be like accosted because uh, he's completely Whatever unable to defend himself. Whatever he's doing, like this dude's going to chill out here and in the rain. It's kind of cold, dude. Like let's uh, let's just kick it with him. Yeah, yeah, We got yeah. nothing else to do. <laughs> We're just fucking kicking it. Bro, and it was cold. Yeah. It was cold. So, so I say all that to say this, like no matter how much you think of myself, how much you think of Mike and how much you think that we're quote unquote celebrities or we have a following online, it's just like at the end of the day, we're humans and you need to treat people how you would want to be treated as a human. And if I was out there in that parking lot and my car was broken down and nobody stayed out there, I don't know if I would be out here to this day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it would make me feel like all the dudes that I look up to, all the guys that I aspire to be like, have cars like, if they just like shitted on me and did not show any humanity towards me, I don't know if I would have lasted this long in, in the Honda community. Uh, well, you know what, brother? Um, that's a, I think that's a very good uh, 
recollection because I mean, who knows? Maybe I should have taken that uh, that event, that moment, and, and applied that to those people earlier. Well, it took a, a few other events, but I mean, I, I understand that the me and you think a lot on the same kind of way that we're we're really um, I don't want, I don't want to say sensitive, but more in tuned with our our inner feelings of how sure. people make us feel, and you know, it it, it to be in that. And we're not talking about any specific person. It's just you could you could apply this to whatever you want to be. There's those people that you want to be around, be associated with, and and you kind of feel like, yo, this is where I need to be. But sometimes it takes a little while for you to figure out like, yo, maybe where I want to be is with me. And maybe people – I could start my own thing and people will, will gravitate towards me instead of me gravitating towards somebody that isn't going to appreciate my time when I'm around them. Kind of more towards the, the the thing where I would want to be by myself than to be around people that don't even care about. And welcome to why I'm predominantly by myself, yeah. my friend. Not even on some preachy shit. Like a lot of times, you know, you're a really social cat. And a lot of times, sometimes, you know, you ask me like, yo, like how come you don't want to go out when we go out? Even here. Yeah. And it's not personal. It's that... I appreciate my time. I appreciate my circumstances. And, and, and sometimes, though, I just want to be by myself. And, um, and that's what ends up happening is that if people or, or, or an activity doesn't fit the definition of what you consider to be uh, uh, important mm -hmm. or beneficial, it, you, you shouldn't do it. You should just mind yours and stay back, you know. So, uh, you know, you guys, there are people who are listening to this who are going to maybe say to themselves, I can't relate to that, man, because I have a lot of really good people around me or family or both, right? And they're going to be like, I don't get that, man. Like, I don't, I can't imagine being alone. And you know what, though? If that's what you have, it's not to say that life is such a a, a pessimistic you know, sad place that, that there are people who can't have that. If you have good quality people around you that uplift you and inspire you and are supportive of you, by all means, embrace them, like hold them dear and close and be, be eternally grateful for that. But I know there are people who are listening to this and they're just like, I kind of get that on a, on a real level, dude. Like I don't really fuck with anybody. Like, I got a couple homies, but I smoke with them or we wrench on some cars, but I can't really say that we're that like super deep. I didn't even think dudes got like that. Yeah. But, but you guys, what does that have to do with anything? It doesn't matter if it's a male or a female, you know, like it's your, a friend is a friend, a supporter is a supporter. And, um, if you don't have that, then you got to be able to be okay with that. Depression is predominantly in your mind, man. Get out of your own mind. Like who cares if x y n z car club or forum or or facebook group or instagram page follows you back who gives a fuck man just do you the the very foundation outside of biochemical imbalance okay the very foundation of depression is is the 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 importance of what's happening around you to to fit what you think it should be and when it doesn't it's overwhelming and you get anxiety and you start to feel claustrophobic and a lot of times guys you can fight that shit like willpower like in your mind you can fight it but if you don't train to fight it like anything if you don't train to fight it how can you expect to beat someone in I don't know, easy, MMA, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Everyone can understand that. Everyone knows the UFC and MMA and, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Everyone knows what that is, per se, right? Okay. 
<laughs> if you have never trained in grappling and you go up against a white belt, you are going to lose. Is there anything, does anyone disagree with that? No, mm-hmm. right? If you uh, have never boxed before, you've never practiced your footwork and have never thrown a half decent punch in your entire life, and you go up against someone who's been doing it for six months, you are going to lose. No one is debating this who's listening right now. Why then is it so ridiculously difficult for people to understand that if you don't train your mind, if you ever go up against someone who has, you are going to lose? Why is that so complicated to people? How is it so complicated for people to understand that if you don't know how to grapple and somebody does, they will lock up your arm or your leg or whatever, and you will have to tap, right? then why is it so difficult to understand why you get frustrated when you go up against people that are more prepared or more experienced than you? People need to stop staring at stupid shit on the internet and use that same amount of time to train their mind. How you think is the foundation for everything, man. And it's just ridiculous to me how people don't train their minds. And it doesn't have to be in a book with trigonometry. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your life experiences are what you make them, right? There are people who have gone through traumatic experiences and come out no better off because they didn't embrace those, those pains, growing pains. They didn't embrace that and use it as a way to, to reflect and uh, whether you have a journal and you write it down so you don't forget or will record it or whatever you do for yourself in your journey. It is amazing to me how people don't put any effort into their mental strength or their mindset, or their thought process, and they wonder why there are people who are outwitting them or or know more than them. That's why it's called the Think Bigger Project. It's not called the Build a Better Car Project or CrossFitDaily.com. Because there's enough out there to teach you how to do a burpee. There's enough out there to teach you how to do those things. That's not what what the angle that I chose to go with. And by, by having different podcasts, different books on different subjects, different life experiences, you, you take all of that and that's how you become a, a, a well-rounded person. There's not one right uh, way, right? It's going to be different for every person, man. But you guys, you got to do that. You got to strengthen your mind. Yeah, man, I, I think back about um, that whole situation and I think about... Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have had a similar situation and not with, you know, oh, somebody that I followed online or something, just regular friends around. And um, maybe you would go out to uh, to to dinner or something with, with some friends or, or some situation like that. And people are just laughing at you the whole time. You're the butt of the joke the whole time. And you're just like, oh, man, whatever. You guys are fucking funny. You just just laugh it off. But at the end of the day, you have to really think like, do you, did you leave that that interaction feeling good? Do you, did you feel happy throughout that whole interaction and that time that you dedicated to this interaction? And if your answer is no, uh, calculate how much time that you spent on that. Say if it's uh, two hours, three hours, and then you 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 uh, times that by how much you make at your job for an hour so you actually paid these people 45 dollars if you chilled there for three hours and you make 15 bucks an hour you chilled there for 45 hours for these people to disrespect you to your face and make you feel like shit and you think that there's value in that and you're not evaluating that whole situation yeah that that's true man i mean if you put it into a a numerical fashion like that if you quantify it as far as your money is concerned that'll drive home the point 
to a lot of people, you know, so the, the idea of, of strengthening your mind, that's one way to do that is to take a situation. And if you need to put it into that type of fashion, you put it into numbers and you say, okay, so I just gave them this much time and this much money. If I've calculated as such, uh, then there you go. That might be the, the, the nail that, that, that just driven into, into you enough to make you say, okay, all right, hold on. That's not okay. Right? So, like, this is the, the type of thing that I'm talking about is applicable socially. It's applicable to your money. It's applicable to your time. And uh, I, just, I just wish more people would do that. I mean, uh, let me give you an example, right? So I, um, I just came back from England, right? Like you mentioned earlier in this pod when you came over with me, uh, MIMS Honda Day, the UK's largest Honda performance-based uh, gathering and event. Frank was there. Um, Downstar Edition is what he calls it. So MIMS Honda Day Downstar Shout Edition. Shout out to Dav. Yeah, hosted by Big Mike. And then recently we had MIMS Honda Day Rywire Edition hosted by Big Mike. So it's super cool that Dav, who's um, a hardcore Honda guy and has, has helped make that event what it is, uh, he, he follows the global scene as and specifically the 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 west coast and and these are the names of peoples that he would would like to make part of and goes out of his way to make part of the event and frank you know when you went over there you know you have this um experience over there right and you get to see the the enthusiasts from across the globe and interact with them in person and, and you know you being the type of person that uh, an uh an event across the the, the the ocean wants to have come over that speaks volumes you know it's not going to just happen because you know he didn't see you online and be like that guy seems like a nice guy let me invest all this money yeah it's because you you've made yourself um part of the the environment right that someone witnesses they look over and they see it and they see um the the booth and the name in so many places and it becomes a staple to most, you know, and so he pays attention to that, and you came over there, so you have that kind of thing, and it's just, it's just really cool to see that, um, to see that happening, especially from where it started from, you know, uh, yeah. a lot of people listening now, um, maybe they want to start their own business, or they want to be more involved in the community, and I always like to tell you guys the steps that I've taken and the things that I've done and, and you know, going to the meet and uh, just taking those chances of, yo, in this weekend, instead of me just chilling and going to the club, I'm going to go to this car show and see what that's all about and doing that 20, 30,000 times and going to meets and meeting these people put me in those type of positions where somebody like Dav looking over from damn near another world looking at what we do here in SoCal and and see or not even SoCal just in the US and seeing what's going on who's doing what and who are the movers and shakers and for him to to reach out and to um to give me that opportunity not only is it humbling it, it doesn't even seem real to me pretty crazy yeah it doesn't even even saying it nowadays even being here now like I was telling somebody um the other day is that I I don't even know why I'm here in Florida like, I'm here in Florida for a business trip. And yes. if you would have told me when I was a kid, yo, uh, when you get older and you're in your 30s, you're going to be uh, going on business trips. This is what it would be. I have my suitcase, I'm sitting in a suit, and I'm on an airplane. And whatever I do in between that time 
didn't involve any fun to me. It didn't involve cars to me. It didn't involve friends to me. You mean like the perspective of what, what I thought a business trip would exactly. be? Sure, sure. But to be able to, to flip it to something to be here in this, uh, this Airbnb with uh, some of my closest friends and sharing multiple uh, memories that we've had for years and just building on top of that and building and building and having inside jokes and things like that. Shit's awesome, man. This is... This is this is a life that I wish that everybody would experience, but everybody can experience it if they put that that effort into themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, to touch on on that angle that you just went with, I mean, uh, 2019, I have 16 flights and this is only number two. Wow. So I have 14 more um, and. Uh, you know, so I was in, okay, well, you know, actually three, I guess not just two, but I was in, um, London for the first MIMS, right? Honda day. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I went to Miami for Tuner Evo and I decided to stay down there, um, experience the Wynwood Arts District, Miami, South beach, uh, after working, you know, with, with TE on their event. And then it, it just was a cool coincidence timing that, uh, the IBOG meet in, Orlando was going to be the next weekend. So I stayed down here, flew up here, been out here with uh, with everyone. And then you guys came through and we're here. Uh, and then I go back. And then in a few weeks, I go to the Pacific Northwest. I'll be in uh, uh, Portland and Seattle area. And then, you know, you just blink your eyes and it's just rattle it off. Right. I go back to London three more times this year. Germany, um, Philadelphia, Atlanta. Yo, Ibach meet Atlanta inside Ooh. of grid life. I cannot wait. It's a pretty interesting angle to take. Um, I'm, I'm very interested to see how it goes. Getting the um, vibe and maturity and style of the the Ibach meet inside of what is an entirely different environment is something that I'm interested to see how it'll turn out. Uh, the grid life event has turned into like this massive, super cool gathering of of a festival style, and it's um, I hear so much positivity, and it's uh, in many ways entirely different than the Ibach meet. So the Ibach meet being inside of it is very interesting to me, um, and I think that it has a potential to really give like a multifaceted feel for the people that want to be in one area and they have the ability to not have to plan for another trip to another location. It, they can just step out and go into another world, really, or just after a certain time, right? We'd have our IBOC meet from like 11 to 5. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to go and have dinner somewhere, get ready and come back. And then from like 9 to 2, they're just going to like lose their shit. I really hope Waka <laughs> is there. I want no parts of that. You are going to be where... in there with me. No, I will not. Oh, you definitely will. No, no but, you will. but I won't, no, you will. though. That's all good. So Frank Anyways. can think whatever he wants. Anyone who has a hyphen in their name and has that many syllables, I'm kind of cool. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, all jokes aside, you know, it's, it's Atlanta. That city is super dope. I've spent time there before. Grid life is this growing pulsing environment that people love and the eibach meet is is a 15 year deep uh you know 
cult-like following so you kind of mix these worlds together and it's going to be it's going to be amazing so you know philly ibach chicago marysville ohio uh once again for the ibach meet at the honda heritage center and um back to london you know come back charlotte north carolina uh you know just over i mean 15 uh well now 14 more flights and it's just it's just wild man um and so like you said a business trip and i'm you know i'm on the plane in basketball <laughs> shorts and a t and your own apparel in my own apparel well, there you go and i'm just posted um like instead of an attache case or a hard shell briefcase with a suit and some uh, some leather shoes going to some kind of quote unquote business meeting exactly what you had envisioned that's probably what we all think a business a business meeting is but now i have a business meeting and i'm like on skype with people in indonesia and they're like, yo, let's have you come over. Or I'm having a, uh, an interview with Discovery producers. And it's just like, what? You know, like, I'm a dude who who started to go to parking lot gatherings and kicked it with uh, uh, older heads, right? Who who had, I don't know, these imports, these fixed up imports. I was like, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old, kind of getting into cars on a very real level. Other than like a little Hot Wheels, you know? Yeah. But, but then you start to see these cool cars and then... You know, uh, I don't. I, mean, I don't know. I know a lot of these kids that are driving. Fi they're fifteen, sixteen. They got their own car. Um, I didn't get a car till I was uh, eighteen. My first car was when I was eighteen, I believe, and uh, and that's kind of where it all started. And you know, I don't know a damn thing, man. I don't even know how to put on the AEM cold air intake that I got from eBay um, when I was uh, like seventeen or eighteen. Uh, when I bought the car, that was like the first thing. Uh, maybe the second thing. I think the first thing I did was go to a muffler shop and get an exhaust. Hell yeah. Right? So I went to a muffler shop and got an ultra flow exhaust. <laughs> That's what I did. And then my, one of my boys who had been, you know, uh, he had an Accord that was like pr pretty dope. He had, a, I think it was like a Kaminari kit on it first. And then he had a Black Widow kit. And uh, he had a sound system. It was like, uh, what was uh, it? It was a... Uh, some JBL 12s in a bandpass box. Ooh, and I the, the Just Be Cool box. You remember that one? Well, it wasn't that box, but I do remember that. <laughs> I can't remember the amp. It wasn't, it, it might have been the Rockford Fosgate, the waffle joint. Oh, you know, right? that remember one. Those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The black and silver. Or the Explode. I can't remember what the amp was, but it was these JBL 12s in a, you know, bandpass box don't hit as clean, but they hit hard. Yeah. And I bought that system because he just didn't, he wasn't using it. And I put that in the in, in my hatch, right? So my first car was a, my, uh, my SI hatchback, you know, quote unquote eg yeah so i had the ultra flow so i had the vroom vroom you know and then i had uh the system and i was <laughs> banging it out bumping baby yeah and then i ended up getting um that aem cold air intake off ebay and i paid like four you know ebay supposed to you know we think ebay now is where you get stuff cheap i think i paid like 330 dollars <laughs> for it because i didn't i was just like yo i want this so bad and yeah for those of you guys that still rock it with that you know how like when you go 100 percent throttle at like low rpm though you know if you're like in second gear going you know like third gear going 35 miles an hour but you push deep in you know how you don't really accelerate but it's like <laughs> that was the coolest thing ever man so and then when i got uh, i got new speed race springs which were the uh the the most like uncomfortable thing i've ever done to a car <laughs> i mean those like probably are one of the reasons why i have a lumbar spine <laughs> issue the car did not ride well at all but it was slammed they gave me right? scoliosis yeah relatively <laughs> slammed you know compared to what uh you know people are accomplishing now slammed but i had the, the new speed race rings and i put 94 95 gsr wheels 
on an EG. Ooh. And I was like, this is the sauciest car. This is the most fire car. And then obviously, like, you know, you save up money and you get EG6 headlights, the plastic joints, and vision corners. And it was like, that's it. Like, my EG is fire, you know? And it was just EG, it was just an EG uh, with 94, 95 GSR. Excuse me, Fat Fives. Fat Fives, uh, baby. And, and then later on, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this, quote, unquote, JDM style. And I took those and I, uh, I powder coated them matte black. Oh, and I was like, "There it is." Why did you think that that was JDM? Because of spoon wheels. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, because of spoon wheels. Spoon wheels were back back then. I mean, or they were around. I back was. Then? I've been studying. I was a fan of the JDM game. It's been around a long time. That you know, dude. That's that's uh, FF Squad. That's Catman and them. So shout out to him. I mean, I'm cool with Catman. Um, but oh yeah, oh yeah. That many years ago, dude. Yep. That's what wow. I was already looking towards. That's and, dope. And so I, I couldn't afford them. Uh, and so I, I did uh, my uh, Fat Fives, in, in, uh, and I took the pictures, like film pictures, to the powder coat spot to just try to give them. Because you tell them I want satin black or matte black. You know how many you know versions of that, you know? And I was trying to get them to get it right. And I was like, I wanted to have like, this texture. It's got to feel like that. I was just trying to get it right. Yeah. But it was, no matter what, even if I hit it dead on, it's still 94, 95 GSR wheels. <laughs> but that's what I did, man. And, um, and for years, I dipped the EG. It was red. And I dipped it like that, and then uh, 2000 and like man, I don't know, two or something, is uh, is when I was like, um, let me let me do. I had a kid on there, and it was painted, uh, painted it Caribbean blue pearl, which was a, an infinity color. I don't know. I just saw it, and it was blue in one light, and when the light hit it, it almost had like kind of like a like a tealish kind of tone, and I just thought it was a cool color. Uh, I saw it on the G35s when they first came out. I think it was, mm -hmm. and so that's what the that's when the color change happened. And the kid and I shaved my door handles and the moldings and all kind of stuff. So that's really where that whole thing came from. And I was, bro, I I dipped that, and I was so happy. I remember when I bought the first. What was my first thing? It was like I think it was a Momo Jet. Remember mm -hmm. the jet? It had the carbon fiber thumb rest, and then and the bezel on the horn button. Uh huh. And it was like. I have the greatest steering wheel ever. And I had a Razo shift knob. Oh, shit. Right? Razo? I had a Razo shift knob, the gunmetal one <laughs> with the carbon insert, and then the red Razo on top. The yeah. car was red, right? Mad. The black interior, the shift knob, and then I had a a, a Broadway mirror. Rear Ooh, mirror. always. I, yeah, yeah. But I had the, um, later on, I got the, the 400 millimeter one. Damn. So it was so big that, that I didn't even have to look over my shoulders because it actually showed the side of the car. <laughs> <laughs> so I could look in my rear view mirror and see the side of the car where there would be a car. And I remember one time I tried to get real cool, man. Broadway or Razo, they made one where it had like the ends of the mirror had a hinge and you could tilt them out. To be a blind spot mirror uh -huh. on your rear view. Oh wow! I had and I thought it was the most JDM thing ever. I was like, "This is the most JDM mirror I can get." Dude. It was so <laughs> dope. And then, of course, you have like mad squash air freshener. Hell yeah! Like like where it, like almost hurts. Like when you open the door, it's you're like, like, oh. yeah. When you open the door, your eye hurts a little bit. You get a squint. Like God, you get a stomachache after it's you a lot drive of it. Squash in my <laughs> nose right now. But you know, people walk by and they're like, "What? What's you know? that smell?" Yeah. So so that's what that was, man. A sound system, ultra flow exhaust, AM cold air intake, and nothing else in the engine for like forever. And I was just dipping, man. And life was so good. And then. The color change and then it just evolves and then i blink my eyes man and i'm dipping uh in 04 
and 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 the, the next thing you know someone's like yo your eg is really nice and that's when it was blue i had cleaned the body back up uh spoon wing nvidia carbon front lip you know eg6 this and and whatever and, and i had uh recaros and i did mat like matching rear seats and and gretty blue gretty harnesses and and, and i had the yokohama advan sa3rs the blue and black mm -hmm. and so uh, the three spokes right yeah yeah and uh, a lot of people hated them but when that car rolled because it had a black tire blue lip and then black spokes <laughs> fuegs dog, yeah. fuego and uh somebody saw it and they're like uh yo that was and i had a b20v uh b20v tech crazy header that had a chrome valve cover at that point and, and it was just someone was like yo you gotta you gotta like <laughs> try to get that out there man this is actually super nice and there you go man it, it just who would have thought oh five was my first magazine feature people think it was the prelude in yeah. eight it was way before that so oh oh five is when it ended up making it in print um so 2019 is 14 years ago that's crazy so anyone who's just got a car if you just put wheels and slammed it and you're like how come i'm not like recognized it's just like give it some time yeah give it some time let man. it marinate man yeah my f now um now talking about your your first car yeah and uh when you were first getting into it um what what was your mental state like like what did you think that you were going to be as an adult I think at that young of an age, I wasn't really thinking about what I was going to be. Uh, as an adult, I was living in the moment. Uh, I was um, just trying to get mods for the car. I was just, uh, I, I was very into fashion back then. Um, I had a, a, a like a pretty strong Nautica competition and Polo Ralph Lauren collection. <laughs> strong. I would have put up my my Ralph Lauren collection against anyone, <laughs> anyone who did anyone who didn't sell drugs. Like the drug dealer dudes would have had way more clothes than I did. But I put a lot of uh, I, I put a lot of emphasis into into how I dressed. I was real crisp and clean and and a little more on the GQ end back then. Um, I ended up putting myself. I was I was much thinner back then. When you're younger, though, you know. But I was much thinner. I, I worked out very consistently. I was I was a pretty probably the leanest i was as an adult so 18 you know at 18 you're an adult you know yeah. 18 19 years old and uh uh i was focused in the moment i wanted to 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 look good dress uh what i thought was you know crisp and uh i had my my hatch and, and life was amazing and and li <laughs> life is amazing uh whenever you want it to be amazing but uh i was young and i i, I lived for that time you know and uh at that time i was actually living with uh uh well not the whole time but you know part of right what we're describing yeah. right now i ended up moving in with a, a girl that i uh i fell in love with no shit yeah that was actually uh right in the midst of this whole what you're asking me about because like, mm -hmm. i bought my first car um uh when i lived with her actually oh wow how yeah. long did you guys live together uh, it wasn't that long, man. It was just, it essentially ended up being a summer, mm -hmm. and um, you know, without getting into the details of it, it was really just like it, it, it's not gonna work for the long term. Yeah, and so uh, I I moved out and uh, I had the car, you know, and and um, uh, you know, it is what it is, man. Uh, that that story is is kind of crazy because I didn't even really know how to drive stick. When I went on the test drive, you know, I think I found the Auto Trader, the EG. 
Uh, I, I didn't even really know how to drive stick. And so I don't even remember how, but I somehow was able to drive it for the test drive. Was the guy in the car? Yes. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, and and I without grinding gears to the point where, you know, if it was a person selling a car, they'd be like, if you were just grinding gears or messing up or stalling, they'd be like, uh, you don't even know how to drive this. <laughs> but somehow I was able to go around a couple blocks, you know, or something, put in reverse, drive around, signal this and that, and drive it. And I didn't, like, redline it, but I, like, drove it and had to shift gears, obviously. And I genuinely don't really know how I was able to to pull that one off without the person being like, yo, you're going to destroy my clutch before I even sell this. And um, I did, but I was so nervous and, like, not skilled in driving stick when we left after because i bought it you know uh she drove it back <laughs> oh shit dead ass wow she, because i think we were hitting traffic or something uh -huh. and and so i was like babe i'm like <laughs> i don't think that i should drive this back and so she's like all right dog and so she drove it back and then i practiced pretty much with her in the in, in that area on the streets and you know just regular you know a couple stalls and a couple of you know like yeah. bucking because i don't know from getting the push in the clutch you know and all that until i learned how to drive stick on my eg wow i didn't learn before <laughs> i learned on my eg that's so funny yeah dude. buddy wow, that's so dope. um it, <laughs> there you go man so uh that's a pretty cool story i don't even know if i've ever like told anyone that. i never heard that one before i never yeah. knew you even lived with a girl yeah that was uh uh yeah man i loved her dude I, I was younger and that's and that's what happened and and it didn't uh pan out for the long term yeah uh but i mean that was a lot that was many many years ago obviously but um you know that that's just that's life you know i mean it, i think it's better that that it happened that way and and uh that's just one of those like really good memories. I have a lot of really good memories from that relationship, and there's a lot of bad ones too. But like any relationship, yeah, no, definitely it's part man. of the the growing process, man. So when you were um, before you got into cars, like what what was it that you were spending most of your time on, or even when you were in cars, like besides your your girlfriend, what were the kind of things that you were? Uh, I was into, into gangs. That? It was about that time. Uh, the nineties for a lot of people in Southern California who'll understand not even Southern California everywhere really, but the nineties was, was it's all about gang shit. And I was into that, man. Um, that was the cool thing to do. That's who I surrounded myself with. And, uh, I come from that world, you know? So, um, it doesn't matter if you grow up in the, the projects, tenement housing, uh, the hood, whatever you want to call it, you can find trouble wherever you want to find it if you try hard enough you will find it and if you surround yourself with a certain type of person or people that's the kind of environment you're going to mold yourself to and so that's what i did i didn't grow up in a in a poor uh you know government assisted uh ram shackle rundown area yeah you know um but i um sought after not that no one seeks after being poor, but I sought after that type of uh, uh, environment and people. So uh, I I was into gangs, man. Do you remember what that feeling was that made you want to go that way? Uh, maybe not necessarily, but I can I can look back um, and kind of generalize. Yeah, and uh, it would just be I think when you psychoanalyze a lot of that, um, for many people, it's acceptance. You feel like you get 
uh, a level of acceptance from this group or this this group of people so for some people when you look at it and say why why would you want to be accepted quote unquote by people who the way that they show that is by beating you right mm -hmm. like jumping you mm -hmm. and making you do mission so you went through the whole thing jumping everything oh yeah yeah i i, I actually um uh, I actually still have some health issues from some of the things that have been done to me. Wow. From from violence, you know. Um, I have permanent jaw issues. I've been jumped and had, you know, Cortez marks and steel-toed boots to my face and my head. Um, I've had my ass. I've had my ass beat. Like anyone who tells you stories like war stories and they're always them winning, I, you get you get kind of like right, right? But oh yeah, I'm right now I have permanent jaw issues. Um uh, from that, I mean, I stomped out. Not, I didn't get a hit in. Just had my ass beat. Um, I've had, uh, I've had a lot of things like that done, man. So it's kind of one of the reasons why, you know, um, I don't know how to put it. Like we're we're only X amount of years apart, but I, to me, you're like my younger cousin. Yeah. And it's not a disrespecting. It's it's an experience thing. And certain things, why would someone be the uh, poised? If they haven't experienced it, like anything, so for me that's why you know sometimes when I when I hear about um, people talking shit or you presently 2019 yesterday or whatever you got someone who tries to to be a, a smart ass online the amount of of laughter that that generates when someone wants to be uh, a tough guy on a comment on Instagram, bro. Is is so ridiculously laughable to me because it's just like you think that that's bullying somebody. When I have seen people snatch people out of cars, really? I've seen people do violence to another human being for a color or whatever, man. You know, um, and so you know that. I mean, I still shave. I've been shaving my head for, I don't know, 19, 20 years. So you have some of your more like stereotypical indications. Like I shave my head. Um, I have old English tattooed on my body. I have burns and scars on my body. So you have stuff like that that the people who know kind of catch. But at the same time, I also meet a lot of people who end up talking to someone and they're like, yo, did you know about this fool? And, and, and then they're just like, wait, what? Because I don't come across that way at yeah. all. You know, it is very difficult for me to lose my temper. And you guys, that kind of ties in to what I was talking about earlier about mental strength and practicing because I have a temper problem to this day. And that is only being dealt with because I have worked at it consciously consciously focused on don't lose your temper uh let them talk shit let them belittle you let them whatever the triggers are that make you want to fucking snap right yeah. i fight it and fight it and claw in the ground to, to 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 fight the temptation to do something crazy because in that environment that i immersed myself in before you're supposed to lose your temper it's a good thing if you while out in public and people be like, oh, that motherfucker's crazy. Yeah. Like, don't say shit to him. He's going to fucking jump you or do something worse or whatever. You're supposed to act like that. And suppressing your anger is like not 
a cool thing or a good thing. You're supposed to just swing on somebody if they say something crazy or look at you a certain way or talk to your girl or whatever, you know? And so it, it, it went against the way I was. And so the way I am, I am now and worked on it for years. So somebody can, can, I have had in, in this day and age, people that I thought were cool. Uh, I've been in a situation in the last like six months, not six years, six mm -hmm. months, where there are people literally laughing at me to my face, like belittling me, condescending, elite, arrogant pricks. And these are all people that pe the automotive world knows who they are. And these are people that I thought were cool to some degree. And I'm, I'm like, I'm, you guys, because of practice, I'm able to be um, objective almost to like a movie style. We're in the situation that I'm literally in. I can see it happening from as if I was watching it from two, three feet away, right? And I can easily say that anyone, you, anyone listening right now, if you happen to be standing right there, you would have literally been embarrassed and 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 angry slash sad for me because what it looks like is me standing there while three grown people laugh at me doing anything other than uh, everything except like, you know, like you kind of see like, you know, like yeah. pointing their finger. There was no like finger out. Pointing. Wow. Yeah. And these are people that I thought were cool. And they, uh, they embarrassed themselves to me in a way that I did not think they could because I never allowed myself to think that they were that puny of a, of a person, that childish and that sad of people. They, I've seen people scam each other. I've seen people steal money from each other in the form of business transactions. And even that isn't the same thing as being like a grown adult going <laughs> effectively, right? Yeah. To another grown adult and thinking that that makes you better than them. And it is the most, I felt so embarrassed for them because I would never have thought that those people were capable of such pathetic behavior. So what is my point in saying that story? The point is, is that if I did not have self-awareness and self-confidence, and I didn't have that ability to be objective and observant, that scenario would be what it is to 80%, 90% of everyone who would experience it. I would walk out of it sad right? Mm -hmm. Because I was the butt of the joke. I was the one getting laughed at. And I didn't walk out of it sad for that reason. If anything, I walked out of it sad because I didn't think those people were capable of being that sad of men and women. But uh, they were. And so um, I have a situation like that, which if it was even, I don't know, five, seven years ago, I probably would have snuffed one of them on site, broke his jaw. And I mean, yo, you guys, I've had my jaw cracked okay so that's not just me trying to be a tough guy and say that i mean i've done it and i've had it done to me i mean you know i'm short i got a low center of gravity i got a lot of torque like if i hit somebody <laughs> my dude listen to me right now if i hit somebody it's gonna be memorable okay but you take a scenario where in any other time in my life any other maturity level i would have snapped like seeing red unable to control yourself snapping but because of time and effort and maturity and aging and spending time by myself and mental exercise, I didn't. And I just stood there and literally listened to these people laugh at me as an adult, other adults. 
And and I at one point I looked at one of them and I said, "Come on, man, you can do better than that." That was what my response was. And then they were like, "Oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry," you know, like and try to play it off. And I and, and I looked at another person who's just laughing, and they were trying to suppress it, like like trying to act like they weren't laughing, but you could see mm-hmm. it in their eye. And another person like had to like move away, and they were like all flat out laughing. Um, and and I was just observing the situation, and I was like. Um, kind of each person, I guess I could have seen that coming from you. I never saw that coming from you. And even though I knew that this could come from you, I expected more from you. I'm like analyzing it. But the only verbal response I had in that moment was, come on, man, you can do better than that. Um, but I bring that up, guys, because that is a real life living example of a 37 year old man uh, being in a situation where it's like you're seven years old. And the people are, they're like the eight and the nine-year-olds, right? Making fun of you. And if you don't have any type of mental strength, if you don't have any willpower, if you don't have the right mindset, you're going to be belittled and condescended. And that would easily be something that the current generation would become depressed about. They would be so hurt and so uh, uh, emasculated, you know, that they would uh, they they um, just be go home and cry or cut themselves there are people who have hurt been hurt so many times that that's this this outlet there are people who cut themselves the people who starve themselves there are people who hurt themselves or others that's how these powerful emotions channel and snap out of people and that happens because you guys aren't practicing man you have to practice your strength your internal strength you have to put time into it it's not going to just naturally work out you know you don't naturally get buff you can't naturally do 50 push-ups you can't naturally do 50 pull-ups none of that stuff it comes from somebody saying i want to be better at that and i do it and they practice it why is that so difficult for people to understand you have to do that with your mind so so i you know i jump from 17 years old yeah 14 years old to 37 34 but 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 the point is is like yeah man i mean I'm, i am who i am because of these circumstances and you have people who grew up immersed in gang life right that is their father their brothers their environment the block they grew up on there are many people who have no choice in like let's say for example in la gang cultures decades generations deep mexicans right mm-hmm. deep there are people who have no choice. It isn't even about a choice. Like you, your dad is a vet, right? Your uncles, your brothers, there's some of them are lifers. And you grow up and you're like, I'm from the hood. I'm from the block. I'm from this family, whatever, right? You know, so it, it, black culture, same thing. Some In some areas, gang, gang life is, is, it isn't, I don't think they even think of it as a choice. It's like, that's your lifestyle. And so I grew up outside of that type of circumstances and I went looking for it. I wanted to be like that. And, um, and it, it helped, it helped to make me who I am because the, the idea of someone trying to make fun of me on the internet is so stupid. Yeah. It's so (laughs) fucking stupid to me because a real person would say that shit to you in real life. And here's the funny part about that is we are in such a scenario now where it's evolved in such an interesting way where if somebody says some shit that they would never and should never say about your wife, your kids, about just crazy, people say the craziest disrespectful stuff. If you want to react in real life, you're immature. Yeah. 
Is that not, if you really <laughs> think about it, someone will be like, man, I'll fucking shoot you in the face, right? I'll kick your kid over, right? Some crazy shit. And if you say, hey, man, if I ever see you, I'm going to fuck you up. You're immature. I'm immature because somebody said something that on any level is disrespectful to an unacceptable degree. They've threatened my family, my kids. They're trying to ruin my business and take away how I feed my wife and my kids. And you are this, you are immature if you want to whoop their ass in person. Man, fuck that, okay? I do not condone violence. I do not believe that everyone listening right now should be like, yo, that guy who said that I'm stupid <laughs> and my car sucks, I'm going to fucking stab him in the eyeball with a pencil. That's not what I'm saying right now. What I am saying, though, is, is that you guys need to think about what's happening around you. And if people you know say crazy shit to people on Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat, man, stop that. Go read a book instead of being a, a fucking child, right? If you get disrespected online and you think somebody crosses the line with you tell them i don't know dm email them or or if you don't if you don't care about it being public comment because you know obviously people can see your comment but tell them be like look i don't know what is acceptable or unacceptable to you and i don't know if you think this is funny or not but i'm just gonna let you know right now that you just crossed the line it may not be a line to you but it's a line to me and i just want to let you know whether you give a shit or not that if you if you cross that line again there are real life repercussions and i don't give a good fucking goddamn if someone thinks that that's immature if somebody has disrespected you on a level that you think is 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 too far what, just because they did it digitally, it's not, quote-unquote, that big of a deal? No. I actually think that more people should do that and there would be less nonsense online. If you feel like somebody's taking away, if they are specifically trying to ruin your business, if they are specifically disrespecting you as a person, then how about you guys grow up here and do something about it? It doesn't mean have to be violent, but why don't you address them in person? People are so pussy and so soft and so mild-mannered and politically correct and i think it's really just being people being pussy yeah that they won't go have a conversation i did make you guys let me make this very clear i did not say you go and physically attack people i'm not condoning violence what i am saying is man up and go have a conversation with that person. You are not in control of their behavior. You are only in control of yours. If you walk up to them and say, I need to have a conversation with you, or you and I are going to have a conversation, they might say no and run away from you. Or they might be like, nah, I'm not going to have a conversation with you. I don't care. I'm not talking about you. We're already addressing their actions or reaction. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you need to be in control of yourself. So if you go up and say, I mean, obviously, if your fists are balled up, or if you have a weapon in your hand, or if you walk up to them with 30 dudes with you, that's clearly not setting the, the correct tone. Or if the tone that you want to set is a threatening one, then so be it. But if you're just trying to have a conversation where you can at least attempt as two adults to have a conversation, you should try that. And if they're not willing to do it, so be it, because that makes them the bitch. Okay? But you guys, all this stuff that seems to fly online, Man, have you seen what have you seen the stuff people say to players when they miss a shot, you know? Uh in like basketball. You got people being like, You're a fucking waste of life and they should never even fuck you and go raise your kids and your your baby's ugly. You <laughs> see the shit that people post online? Man, I'm not I'm talking about the celebrities. I mean, first of all, how do you even have enough time 
to go comment on celebrities' lives, man. Go live your life. But to narrow it down to something more relatable, when I see this stuff happening in the, in the car community, look, wh whether if you don't have a resume, if you don't have a, a, a book of accomplishments, how the hell do you think that you have the right to go and talk crazy shit to somebody who has accomplished something, right? I'm, I'm talking about earn a reputation before you talk shit to people who have earned theirs. Now, if you're a nobody, you guys, this isn't about humanity. We're not talking about as a human being, you deserve to be treated properly. That is correct. I'm not, I'm not saying that the, the gauge of a man is his accomplishments. But if you are talking to them about their accomplishments, you have made that the, the, the factor that we are judging each other on, right? I'm not talking about how a person who won a car show is better than you. That is not, that is like the, the biggest misunderstanding that I think happens when, when someone like myself or anyone says something about reputation and earning and OG and old head, it starts to be categorized in this way, man, that's just an old head. Like they're just talking about the way things used to be done. That's, that's sometimes very true, but sometimes the way things used to be done need to be more highly respected because the way things used to be done are the only reason why you're able to do things the way you do them now. And people have this new generation and people who think like a younger generation have a very odd way of looking at that. They're like, here we go again. It's an old dude talking. I mean, the preachy thing is never going to work. If someone's wagging a finger being preachy at you, that's never going to, whether you're a vegan or a Christian trying to teach somebody about it, if you're wagging your finger at them, you're not going to convince anyone. They're not going to want to listen to you. But the very idea of people shutting their minds off because that's a an old head or a uh, someone from the past talking in in different cultures like asian cultures for example when an elder speaks everyone stops talking and they sit down and listen and in this culture it's like here we go it ain't your time that was your time it's our time and there's a, f a, a fundamental difference and a profoundly bad one in my opinion from someone who wants to hear when someone older than them speaks and someone who rolls their eyes when someone older than them speaks and that's kind of one of the bigger issues i think that's going on both uh religiously politically socially so yeah man frank that you know that kind of stuff that you touched on right now uh about my past i keep uh i keep my my private life very private um that's some of that's probably just never even been said in any conversation much less recorded i think there's a couple guys i think there's a couple guys who have seen uh i don't know what the right way to say it is me in action i haven't even seen it no like no, i you said i've known you since yeah you wouldn't have seen it um but there's still even guys who have known me a, a lesser time than you because i mean I've i've been in some physical altercations well within the time that you've known me really but you wouldn't know that because yeah. i'm not you know it's i don't like the funny thing about it is is that you know as we used to call it or anyone who knows about that world is when you put in work you don't talk about mm -hmm. it and the funny thing is is everyone does now. <laughs> yeah like I, I how about applying street racing if you knew where they were racing you knew nobody told you where you just knew. Yeah. And now it's like, hey, I'm live from the fucking street races. And I'm just like, what <laughs> kind of weird evolution is that, man? You you knew the right heads and you were there. And now it's just like, yo, geotag Silmar and let's fucking race. And I'm like, 
geotag the races like what did i miss you know but i mean anyways guys whether it be still more when you were if you were racing in san diego or just re-racing anywhere la terminal island ontario whatever but my point is i'm just using kind of using it as an example we went from a world where you didn't speak on um what kind of guns you owned and now it's like look at my fucking stock and safety and muzzle and 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 retractor and handle and extended clip and it's like i seracoded this and it's like i did a fatigue desert camo style and it's like it's like a a, 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 a the art of it and the the hobby of it is very public right how you modify your guns or if you do shelving in your garage and people post up like check out this this new like shelving i did and, and it's just like you are literally showing the world what the inside of your home looks like you are literally showing the entire world like, ww the world wide web you're putting on the world wide web what you have in your home the new flat screen curved joint that you just bought the the guns that you have i mean obviously you're not putting them i mean i've seen some people put everything on a bed and take a picture not even that just you know like the world doesn't know and shouldn't know what they're gonna get if they try to break into your home they shouldn't know yeah unless they you know they've been scoping the joint out and they're like peeping in through your windows like for you to put on the internet what you have in your home and what you have to protect yourself from them is the most stupid thing that I can imagine. And that's just me. So my private life is private. But yeah, man, I mean, I don't mind touching on it, especially to someone like you, you know. But that's where I come from. I come from an environment where violence was the answer. And you are supposed to inflict violence upon someone who disrespects you or a, a, a color or a set of letters. Uh, that is not just the answer. It's the only answer. There's no talking. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it's like I do my thing and I let my resume and my reputation and what I do speak for itself. I don't I stay humble because we're all human beings. And it doesn't take much for someone to take you off this planet. It doesn't take much for you to lose everything that you have. Money is just paper. Objects are just that. They have arbitrary value. They don't mean anything. And so um, if you put your emphasis on followers and fame and acceptance, you are going to be per perpetually depressed. You will always be sad. You will have anxiety. You will feel socially awkward at all times because you don't fit in. And the reason why you don't fit in is because you are trying to fit in. And you're trying to fit in with people that are different than you. So why would you? You have to stop doing that shit, you guys. Social anxiety exists because you don't like being around people. Probably because you just don't like being around those people. Yeah. If you're around people that, that vibe with you, you're not going to have social anxiety by definition. Because they're not rubbing you the wrong way. They're not too loud. They're not talking about subjects you don't even understand. Why yeah. would you be anxious around them? If if you guys just play Fortnite together, just come sit together and play Fortnite. Play, I don't know, um, what is that? Mortal Kombat 11 just came out. Go play MK11, right? Do something. But if you're trying to be around people that don't do what you do and don't act like you act and you don't resonate with their thoughts and, and the, the crazy shit they talk about why would it be comfortable why that's the problem is people are trying to fit in you got to just be you and that's the most cliche statement ever just do you just be yourself 
saying that and doing that are two entirely separate things. And that's where being alone in a room, being by yourself, self-reflecting, mental exercises, all that stuff comes into play there. And that is a very, that's the short but yet very long answer to why I'm often by myself because I work on those types of things. Dude, it's really dope that you're you're touching on all of this stuff, you know, from your past and even uh, vulnerable states that you were in, and just just the uh, building blocks of what makes you. Because I know I know now that people, the way that they look at you is is uh, they probably never thought about that those kind of things, and mm. they probably never put you in that kind of environment. Like, oh, because when I met you, I never thought like that's where you came from mm. the 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 gang culture and that's the way that you grew up you never represented yourself like that so it was obvious that i never thought about that from you even even seeing the bald head or the tattoos or whatever it never it never even mm. clicked in my mind just because of the way that you carry yourself and um to see what all that you've gone through and what you've accomplished and where you're at today i think it, it could give a, a lot of people motivation to get out of the uh, quote-unquote hole that they that they see themselves in right now no matter if your parents your uncles your everybody that that you look up to is from that culture that doesn't mean that you have to remain in that culture when you are an adult, when you turn 18, you are legally an adult and you can do whatever you choose. Mm -hmm. You can get a job. You can save $2,000. You could spend $500, if that, of that money on a one-way trip to Orlando. And you can change the entire history of your life and what comes after that. Um, you know, you probably want to buy a round trip ticket, but you, I see where Frank's going with that. Now you just gotta go, bro. You gotta get the stick with the bandana tied and tie some underwear inside of that bag and just walk down the train tracks whistling, bro, and see where you end up. No, but you know what? You know, you guys, I joke about what he just said, but it's the, it's the truth, man. You know, I did a vlog. I did a vlog like a long time ago, and it was called. I ended up calling it "Sneakers or Seattle." I don't know if any of you guys have seen that. That was a good one. Okay, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And you guys, honestly, man, I do not like vlogging. I do not like holding up a, a an electronic device at arm's length and walking around with it. I think it looks completely ridiculous. I respect that it has evolved into an actual profession for people and it is a thing, but um, it's hard for me and it takes a very, very, very much a strained effort for me to do it. And especially back then, that was like a year and a half old, or yeah. not a year and a half, like a year or something. But anyways, uh, the Pacific Northwest is one of my favorite places in the US. Uh, it kind of became that way because I have some, uh, I have some homegirls up there and just people uh, that I um, uh, I love very dearly, but also just something obvious like the air being just so clean and crisp and, the you know, the, the, the greenery and, and just, you know, the feel of it. It's a beautiful place. So anyways, when I went when I went up there one time, I said, I'm going to I'm going to try to make a vlog out of this, you know. And uh, I did, and I ended up calling it Sneakers or Seattle because I remember when I booked that ticket, it wasn't three months in advance. It was maybe like six weeks or something, and it was $180, right? I wow, think the that's most, not bad at all. I think the most I ever paid to go up to Seattle from uh, Southern California was about 210 
But that particular one was $180. And I remember that kind of thing clicked with me because I was like, your standard release retro Jordan is $180. Now it's $220, right? But um, $180 was the standard, you know, a few years ago. Remember that? Yeah. Okay. And that's what, it just something about that clicked. And I was like, yo, I just bought a round trip ticket. To go to another city. I mean, granted, it's not across the U.S., but it's in a whole different region, entirely different environment. And I went up there for $180. And I mean, I, yes, I know people over there, so there's not a hotel expense. But if that's the first thing that came to your mind, you're already going in the wrong direction. $180, I could have bought. By the time you pay tax and shipping, especially if you buy it from Nike app, sneakers app or whatever, you're at the 200 mark. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Like he just said. You know, you can buy a ticket. Go experience something, man. You can stay in like a... It don't even have to be no Motel 6, you guys. It could be like a, a Sheraton or Radisson or a Extended Stay America. These little 60, 70, 80, 90 bucks a night. So what? You just stay a Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, right? It's a couple hundred bucks. So you're into it 400 bucks, man. You don't have to go eat in fancy places drive experience walk uber whatever you want there's water taxis and air and restaurants and seafood and islands and channels and you know you can enrich yourself and become a more educated person a more well-rounded more cultured person instead of buying even a car part put that aside and put that money to um to going somewhere you know like i remember i told you about that dude he listened to uh actually Wait a minute. It was about the sneakers or Seattle. It was blog. that same pod. Yeah. Remember that. So uh, I think some of you guys who are regulars on 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 the Downtime with Downstar podcast, uh, maybe uh, maybe it was even before the pod, but we talked about it. Uh, I talked about it with Frank and I just recall that there was a gentleman who listened, uh, watched and listened, and he was so profoundly affected by it that uh, he ended up planning a vacation, put aside money he was spending on car parts, planned a vacation to be at the Eibach meet in Florida. I think it might have been the first year. And uh, and he planned to do that because the, the premise of you can experience things and travel instead of buying an object uh, that I, the whole premise of the sneakers or Seattle vlog hit him so deeply that he did that. And then he planned it so that he could um, have vacation, spend time with his girl and also be at the Eibach meet in Orlando to meet me and introduce me to his girlfriend. And when he did that, the act of actually doing that, saving money, planning it, and planning that with this girl, taking vacation from work. I mean, there's a lot of effort to make something like that happen. Not only did he do it, and he ended up surprising uh, me when he introduced me. He said, this is my fiance. And so he said all of that inspired me to propose to my girlfriend during this whole trip and process to do this vacation, go to Florida, go to the Eibach meet, and do that. So I wanted to introduce her as my fiance and i was like there's something really powerful with this uh blogging vlogging social media thing and so that's what that one instance that gentleman his girlfriend then fiance kind of hit me like the way i affected them apparently they affected me because it's just like you know you have the ability to to benefit people in a positive way in a powerfully positive way so that's the thing, you know, you guys, it's all a matter of priorities. Objects come and go. They can break, tear, uh, lose their value. But 
uh, your your mind and your experiences cannot. Damn, bro, that's a deep one, dude. That that's a deep one. And um, as of late, I'd say within the last you know uh, year or so, I've really uh seeing how powerful social media is and putting out good positive and energy yeah good and bad i've known oh, but okay. good i've i've been seeing the outcome of it and uh more than a monetary stance i mean the whether the business is going or not that's that's nothing like putting this effort this downtime with downstar sitting down with people and actually talking to them and 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 figuring out like what they do as a business but why they think like that seems like there's a lot more value to that rather mm. than how did somebody get this car how did you break this record sure how how did you get this opportunity um those are the kind of things that i like to highlight and that's why i always love having you on the pod because you have a, a very eloquent way of explaining it and um making it um something that someone could turn into an action just like you said sneakers are seattle and it's dope, man. I I, uh, I appreciate you being on the pod all the time. I appreciate all the wisdom that you always share, not not just with me, but just to the the supporters of the podcast. And um, just planting seeds, man. And sometimes those seeds don't get watered, and mm. sometimes they do. And hopefully, we'll see more of that coming in the future. Yeah, man, that, absolutely. So absolutely. thank you so much for sitting down with me, man. It, this this is really an honor to uh, not not only to have you on, but just to be able to sit down with a friend and have a long-form conversation mm. without phones involved, without sure. food involved or any other distraction, just sitting and looking at each other and, and just talking about life. I, I think that's, that's a, a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's... Uh... It's a very underrated thing. Definitely. To, to sit with the phones off or away from your arm um, and, and just just talk to each other. That's dope, man. So I look forward to many more memories, many more podcasts, and just uh, keep keep pushing forward, you know? So everybody listening, um, where can they find you at? Uh, I only use, uh, presently, I only utilize uh, one form of social media. It's Instagram. So just, you know, the big mic. T-H-E-B-I-G-M-I-K-E. Uh, that's it. Yeah. And then uh, you can go to thinkbiggerproject.com. Thinkbiggerproject.com. That's home base for the project. Um, the YouTube link's there. You can listen to the podcast there as well or, uh, you know, iTunes, Google Play, etc. if you so choose. But it's also there on the site for you. Um, and uh, the, the merchandise is there to for you to support the project. If you so choose, 100% of the proceeds go back into the project. It's about growth. It's not about profit. So, yeah, man, I mean, it's a, it's a brand and a movement and an ideology that uh, I created to actually benefit the people who get into it. It isn't just a logo on a on a physical object and you sell it to them. There's meaning and it'll benefit both you and everyone around you. So that's uh that's what the project's all about. So uh Instagram and thinkbiggerproject.com and uh I'd love to uh keep in touch with you guys. Dope man. Thank you once again, Mike. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank and, you. Uh everybody listening right now, um thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. We're past two hours right now. 
past two hours, man, if you guys stuck around and, and listened to it all, I really appreciate it. If you find some value in it, uh, maybe you could pass it on to somebody who this this uh, conversation and, and these conversations that we do have, maybe it could bring them value. Um, and if you can, if you uh, believe in what Mike was saying, if you want to support his movement, uh, it's not it's not about buying merch or anything like that. It's about showing that the message was received so you know hit his instagram shoot him a dm he's always active on that he's always having uh he's 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 easy to get to if you have something profound to say if you have if anything that he said touched touched you in a certain way pause um reach out to him man because this is not only this is what i look forward to i know that this is what he looks forward to you put that energy out there and you want to see if it resonates with anybody there's no real uh, analytics that we could look at and see who who this conversation affected we could see how many people listen to it we could see how long they listen to it but the only way to know that this had an effect on somebody or that it resonated with somebody is that person to person contact so Shoot a message, man. Let them know how you felt. Let them know what you thought. And um, if you guys want to find us, you can find us at Instagram at Downtime with Downstar. My personal Instagram, Frank underscore Downstar, Downstar. Just search anything Downstar. It's, it's everywhere, man. Look at your local park bench. You'll probably see a picture of me on there. But uh, I'm on my grizzly, bro. Yeah, buddy. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, we're about to go eat some pizza. So good luck with life. <laughs>